Welcome to the Central Christian Church Podcast. We pray this message helps you find and follow Jesus. If you would like to connect with us more, please visit us at centralsj.org. Well, good morning. Welcome to Central Christian Church. Uh, My name is Michael. Super honored to be here with you guys. Uh, It's 2023, right? Uh, What a time to be alive. Wow. Epic. It's going to be awesome. Um, If you're human, if you are that type of person, come towards the end of the year. uh, You start to reflect on what 2022 was, right? We start thinking, man, I can't wait for it to be over. All those bad things that happen, all those things that we do not need in our lives anymore. And we say, man, 2023, it's my year. It's the year that I go to the gym. It's the year that I get to do the things that I said I was going to do in 2010, okay? (laughs) And so we recirculate and we go back to those experiences of all the hard times, the bad times, and we often forget the good times. Uh, But as I was preparing for today's message, I started to think of this reality of that there is such a joy that we get another year. There is such an honor that we get another year. And I started to think, man, I get another year of chasing after Jesus. I get another year of doing ministry with my friends, with my family. I get another year of chasing after the one thing that changed my life, and that is Jesus. Another year. What an honor. What a joy. What a privilege. And it's an honor to be here, to be able to do this with this church family. And I start thinking about the new things that I get to invest in, the new ways that I get to uh, see God move in my life, my family's life, my friend's life, our church, and just what could God do in 2023? But if I'm being honest, that same kind of mindset gets me to a place where I get scared. I start thinking about what possible pains, what possible injustices, what possible things uh, could harm me, could hurt me. What kind of things am I not ready for? Um, Also, the things that like, what is going to bring me joy this upcoming year? What is going to change? What could change my life? And so there's just all these kind of um, things that hit me. But as I think about it more and more, I'm reminded of just this kind of verse that uh, we live by here. We hear it every week. I found in Romans 8, 31. It says, what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who could be against us, right? And then in my own mind, I became... To be like, man, I am ready for 2023. These words, they inspire me, they encourage me, they lift up my heart and they get me ready for what's to come. But if I'm being honest, if I only live my life based on words and I don't put in the work, then I may not be ready. Imagine if you, uh, maybe your son or daughter, or even if you're for yourself, if you're really invested in sports or uh, music, whatever it is, if you hired a personal trainer or an expert in the field, and they, you only were paying them to look at your son and daughter and say, you're ready. You got this. You're, you are going to crush this recital. You are ready for the championship game. And that's all they did for months. And your students or even yourself never actually put in practical work. Then you might not be ready when the time comes, right? And so in the same way, um, this is what I feel about our own lives is that we have to get ready. Um, Everyone say, stay ready, ready. so you don't have to get ready. (laughs) And so that's just, that's kind of how I live my life. I kind of think in that way. Um, And so when we think of that reality, um, how do we do that? 
Well, as you guys may or may not know, every year here at Central, we partake in 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's a really awesome experience for each of us, and I'm actually really excited about it. It's something that I enjoy doing. Uh, but a general definition of fasting is this. It's that the goal of fasting is to draw near to God. That's the most simple way that I can put it. That's the most simple explanation. And a biblical fasting always uh, allows us to eliminate a distraction for a spiritual purpose. And so whatever it is that we're thinking of, uh, this gives us an opportunity to hit the reset button, to renew our minds, to renew our souls, and to really just see, like, what does God have? What does God want to speak in in this season? And it enables us to celebrate the goodness, the mercies of God, and it prepares our hearts for the good things to come. It allows us to get ready for this upcoming year for what God is speaking into. And it's important to remember that, like, it should be kind of a challenge. Um, it should be something that you're like, man, I don't know if I could do this, but I want to do this to get closer to Jesus. And so a lot of times you can see um, people give up meals, they give up a lot of things, and, and you can go and talk to God and pray about it and see what he's asking you to eliminate. Uh, this upcoming year, I plan on doing the Daniel fast and just kind of saying, like, God, I want to grow closer to you in this way. And I've heard great things about it, but it's not necessarily about great things that I've heard, but rather I heard God speak that this is something he desires for me to do. And so wherever the Spirit's leading you, it's important to know, like, check with your doctors if you have health stuff or whatever it is, uh, to do it with wisdom. Uh, but fasting isn't just for the spiritual person. It's not just for the pastors. It's just not for us as leaders. Um, it's for people who desire to grow closer to Jesus. And we see that even in the life of Jesus himself. Uh, he's desiring to grow closer to the Father, to do things that the Father has called him to do. Uh, there's this moment where Jesus is about to begin his ministry. And so you see, he goes and gets baptized. Uh, God looks down and says, like, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And right then and there, uh, the next thing that we see in Scripture is that he goes uh, into a moment of fasting. So it says 40 days and 40 nights. And ultimately, this moment was to help uh, go into combat against what the devil was trying to tempt him from. And so... There's all these things, and so we're going to take a look at that story. Uh, we're going to read through it and then kind of just look at the expressions of our hearts in the midst of this season as we head into our prayer and fasting. And so it says uh, right here in Matthew 4 that Jesus attempted in the wilderness. And so it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest points of the temple. And he says, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift, up, um, lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answers again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said, all this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. So as I read through this kind of teaching and, and just this moment that Jesus had, 
I begin to ask myself, ask myself this question, is how did Jesus get to this place? Not necessarily in front of the devil, but how did he get to this understanding of, man, I have the answers. I know how to fight this. I know how to get ready for what's to come, because he's about to head into his whole life of ministry, right? Uh, there's three, three years he's about to head into, and he's going to do miracles. He's going to see amazing things happen. God's going to be on the move, and he has all the right things to say. But how does he get there? And so as I look at this, I feel like in its own nature, uh, fasting expresses kind of our true heart's cry. And so what I feel like Jesus is, is speaking into without directly saying it is a couple of these things that we're going to look at. And so the first thing is that like fasting in its own nature expresses a desire for Christ over anything. And that's for our lives. When you look at Jesus' life, his only desire was that of the Father. His only desire was that of what God called him to. His only desire was that. And just look at every single uh, temptation that the devil does and look at Jesus' response. You see, the devil comes in and he says, he gets him, he's like trying to make him uh, question a lot of things, right? But if we look at this first one, it says, The tempter said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You see, in any season, uh, whether it's last year or this year, here's what the devil's going to do. He's not very creative. He's been doing the same thing for years. He tries to get us to question, uh, are we really sons and daughters? Are we really who we call ourselves to be uh, despite good times, hard times, how we respond to these things? Uh, he then gets us to question our identity, right? Like, man, are we really supposed to be doing these things for God? Are we really supposed to be in this way? And, and am I really supposed to be suffering? Am I really supposed to be in this moment? If I am a son of God, would I experience this life? Would it be this hard? And what does Jesus do? He has a response for every single thing. A response of it is written, right? And it's crazy because he looks at this only mindset of like, man, what would God speak? What would God speak in this moment? And Jesus is prepared to answer. You see, our greatest hunger in life, or in other words, our greatest desire, should be that which points to Jesus. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who, are hung who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And you see, we only know true uh, righteousness when we know Jesus. He's the only one who lived a perfect life. He's the only one who painted the perfect picture of what we ought to do. And often that seems pretty hard for us to achieve if we're being real. But righteousness is this quality of, of being right in the eyes of God. In a lot of ways, that includes our character. It includes our nature, how we respond to moments, how we act when things happen, when things get hard. It includes our conscience, our mindset, uh, what we're thinking when we're engaging with people, what we're thinking when something's happening. It includes our conduct, how we act. And righteousness is found, we learn these things by studying the life of Jesus. You see, when we respond and when times get hard, does it look like the way that Jesus would have lived his life? You see, righteousness is also by way of command and obedience to the word. If you look at the life of Jesus, man, everything that he did was a yes to what the Father had. Now, I can't speak directly to this moment that Jesus had as he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. 
But what I can see in his heart is that the only thing that he desired was, was Jesus, like to, to live a life, his own life, devoted to God. So Jesus saying yes to everything that God had for him. And so if his whole life is, is desiring God more than anything, then ours should be desiring Jesus and God more than anything. So Jesus points that to us that our lives should be that which bears good fruit, one that points to life in its own nature. In John 6, 35, it says, um, Jesus is talking and he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. You see, Jesus spoke in terms of parables and analogies that many people would understand for this time. Especially in the light of Passover, um, he knew that the Jewish leaders and um, all of God's people would understand what he was referencing when he was talking about bread. You see, their understanding of exactly what he meant and his reference to bread, uh, their understanding was that, man, this was a divine thing. And through the relation of hunger and physical needs in their own lives, Jesus explains kind of the recalculation of every desire, not just for physical food, but for spiritual hunger as well, for us to be fully satisfied in what he has for us. In the same way, the Israelites, when they're stuck in the desert, um, were required to trust God daily for this uh, manna, which is a physical, literal, daily bread that would come to them. And Jesus is pouring us as believers to put the full confidence in him trusting that whatever 2023 has, that he will provide the wisdom and true satisfaction that we need. In the same way, as we spend 21 days just going after God as a family, as we spend those 21 days of prayer and fasting, man, I feel like Jesus is asking us to recalculate our wants and our desires to point to him for this upcoming year. The other aspect, um, other than a, a great desire to know Jesus for our own lives, is that fasting expresses our need for God. In its own nature, this is what it does. Notice the word need. Now, need is a situation in life where something is necessary or must be done. And the Bible says in John uh, 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, what's true about the life of Jesus is that everything that he did pointed to God, right? When you think of his own actions, they weren't something that he calculated by himself. They were physical, like, words that God spoke to him and he obeyed. He only said and he only did what the Father wanted him to do. And, and you can examine all the verses across Scripture that point to his life, and you'll see that to be true. And he never did it alone. He was always with them. But, the, but the, the key phrase of like real fruit, right? He that bears much fruit is legitimate fruit. And in that sense, it means that we are looking through the lens of Jesus, what Jesus is speaking to our lives. And it says, if you remain in me and I in you. And when I start to think of just that phrase in itself, man, it points to just having a real relationship with Jesus. This is a combination of doing life together. This isn't just waking up one day and saying, oh, what do I want to do? It's waking up in the morning and saying, God, what do you have for me? It's waking up in the morning and saying, man, I don't want to do anything unless it involves you. And that same is true for us as we head into 21 days. It's, it's a chance for us to say, man, every single morning I want to talk to God. 
And they say that it takes 21 days to create a good habit, right? 21 days to go after something. And, and that's a, an awesome opportunity that we get a chance as a church to do something like that, to create habits of prayer, to create habits of just focusing on what God has for us in 2023. You see, our real need is relationship. And that's one-on-one time with God. That's one-on-one time with Jesus. It's one-on-one time in the Word and doing all the things that bring us closer to Him. So our greatest need really in 2023 is to choose Him above all. Our greatest need is to push closer and closer to Him. And so if, if fasting expresses uh, uh, our own desire to be with Jesus over anything, and if fasting expresses our need for God, like how did Jesus get to that place? How did he understand that? Now, for us, there's two ways as believers that we really get to in, engage with a relationship with God, right? And we, you may already know those. You may be already thinking of what those things are. But I really want to keep it simple as we head into uh, this prayer and fasting together as a family. And so the two main ways that we can really speak and learn about God's heart, learn about his character. And so if the goal is righteousness in our own lives and righteousness is that character, conscience, all those kinds of things, then we ought to really know how he processes, how he lived his life. And so one of the easiest ways to do that is by the word of God. Um, That's the most simple thing. Uh, You can make 101 excuses of why you don't read your Bible. I know it because I've done it myself. Uh, But there's plenty of ways that you can do that. Uh, One of my favorite ways more recently is that um, I just flip on, when I'm alone in my car, I turn on my, um, there's this this thing called Streetlight Bible, and it just plays really fun, fancy music in the background, but it just reads the scriptures to me. And I sit there and I hear it, I marinate on it, I get to talk to God. Uh, but there's Bible apps, there's different things out there. If you're, um, I still love a good physical Bible, a hard copy. Uh, and so I'll often listen to that and then go back to my hard copy and read over what I just listened to. And so that way it's, for me, getting into my mind more and more. Uh, but there's a lot of verses that point to the Word of God. And I'd encourage you guys to go uh, on Google, type in Bible verses that talk about the Word. Uh, they'll give you all these lists of those. But even more so, I encourage you to dig deep into those and learn about what those mean. Uh, but we're going to look at a couple of the ones that um, are kind of speaking to my heart. And I, I'm hoping we'll give a little bit of guidance as we head into 2023. Now, in every instance in this story of Jesus uh, getting tempted by the devil, we see that Jesus responds in a certain way, a really simple way. Um, And it's amazing because it's not like this really crazy, like, visual battle where you could make, like, a a whole movie scene about it where, like, they're fighting, they got swords, all these things. But Jesus is simply responding with what he knows to be true, what he's seen the Father do. And so in my heart, man, that is just simply he's stating what the Word of God is, right? And my hope is that in this year, 2023, that we would be a church that desires to love the Word of God more than anything else. Because if I'm being honest, look, what we do is typically like, I wonder like, if something's going hard, like, I'm going to go to my friend and see what they have to say. They love Jesus. It's awesome. And I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm not saying going to people first is, is completely the wrong thing. But man, I wonder what it would look like if we went to the Word first. Like, what does God have to say about this first? Maybe what God is going to say about this verse is going to have uh, and give clarity into what my friend is going to say. 
instead of us just assuming that they know it all, right? And so even things that we say up here uh, from the stage, man, go to the word, see what the word is saying, dive into it, get so familiar with it. So when the time comes, when something happens in 2023 or the rest of your life, your life was founded on truth. And so um, what we see Jesus do is do just that. He says, it is written. And so my mind goes to the fact that, man, for 40 days, he was probably so much in the word. He was, he was just engaged. All he had was time with the Father, time with the Father. And I always tell people and, and students, as, as it's just as simple as this, man, if you're looking for answers, there's probably a verse for it. If you're looking for encouragement, there's a verse for it. If you're wondering what God has to say about marriage, if you're wondering what God has to say about this, there's a verse for it. The psalmists say it kind of in this way. Uh, Psalms 119, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Have you guys ever tried walking in the dark? Um, I live in a garage. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone. Uh, But it makes sense to me. It's an actual room. It's awesome. Um, It's awesome because my parents have to really want me. Um, If they want me to take out the trash, they have to, like, come to my room. Um, I'm going to try soon saying like, oh, I don't get service in there. So you have to like come talk to me. Uh, they, know not, they know that that's not true at all. Um, but so uh, there's some times where like I got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And when it's dark, it's dark. Um, yes, last night I walked out of my room and my foot hit a hammer on the ground. Um, and so you just can't see. Uh, but... Most of the time, I'll do a good job of taking my phone with me, turning on the light, right? But uh, just practically what it does is it lets me see what's in front of me. And so the scriptures do a very similar thing. It allows us to see into what God is speaking, what God has been saying. Uh, It gives us a moment to really uh, engage and see how God is directing our lives and what he wants for us. Um, Every answer that we look for is in scripture, Every single question that you may have, the answer, I'm sure, is there. And I say that because I know it to be true. I've always, like, you can go and, like, you know, they have it in the back, the index, and you can be like, compassion. And there's, like, a million verses for it. Um, But even more so, like, as you dive into it, you really get to understand the heart of compassion. And not only that, like, I'm sure, um, I don't know about you guys, but every single time that I read the scripture, man, I get so much faith. I hear stories of miracles. I I read uh, every single thing that I see. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. Oh my gosh, I can't believe God is still doing that. Oh my gosh, this is still happening. And my faith starts to stir and stir and stir. And then I'm so ready for the next day. It's my time with Jesus in the word that my life gets so shaken and I get so excited about what's to come. And guess what? There's a verse that describes that. Uh, in Romans 10, 17, it says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So that gives answers to why I get so excited when I'm reading the words of Christ. The reason that I get so excited is because my faith is being stirred because I'm hearing the truth. And what is true is that Jesus knew the word, that Jesus fought battles with the word. He was the word. And so in, t- in these 21 days that we partake in prayer and fasting, not just those 20 days, but the rest of our lives, would we be people who love the word? Because the word is going to prepare us for the good, the bad, and all the ugly things that are going to happen in the future. 
But that's what brings us joy. That what brings us hope is knowing that truly, like that's where we get the understanding if God is for us, then what can be against us? Because we got that mindset from the Word of God. And so all that makes sense, right? Um, and so we get to physically hear the Word of God, like go there, read it, and, and if you're unable to read it, there's things that will allow you to hear it and all these kinds of uh, accessible things to you. Read it with a friend, read it with your friend's friend, and just get really plugged into it because it's the best thing ever. But the other way that we can um, have real direct relationship and conversation with God is through prayer, right? And so the prayer in the midst of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. But why? Well, it's really simple. Uh, prayer is actually something that we're supposed to do. Um, it's something that God like, just encourages us to do. In Romans 12, 12, it says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, but faithful in prayer. Faithful in prayer means come to me when it's hard. Faithful in prayer means come to me when it's joyful. Faithful in prayer means come to me with no needs, no anything. Just come to me with an expectation to hang out. James 5.16 says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. In other words, when we pray, what happens? When we pray, God acts. And that's true for our lives. Is that I can tell you story and story of things that I've heard um, of people's prayer lives and that God would do in a moment. That God would do over years. That God would, would just fully restore anything in life. And so if we're called to pray and understand that God acts when we pray, uh, to understand that means that God can do a lot more in five seconds than we can do in like five years. And that's not to say that this is like kind of like a, a, a means to like, oh, as soon as you pray, nothing bad's ever going to happen. You're going to get whatever you want. You're going to get whatever God is doing. And there are verses that we'll look at that do kind of express that. But a little bit of like my own story uh, I want to bring you guys into, and many of you guys know. Um, I had the honor of doing uh, missions work for years. I, I was working with a, a team called the Circuit Riders. Um, they're a branch of YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission. And I'll be honest, um, as I was going towards the end of my time in college, um, nobody really knows this, so this is kind of like the first time I'm publicly saying this, but I probably spent more uh, years crying, more time crying than doing anything else. I was living in an apartment in Monterey, and every night I would go to bed saying, what am I going to do with my life? What am I supposed to do? And every night I would be like, man, I don't want to just sit for the next 20 years behind a computer with no significance, with just earning wages to do what I need to do to live. And I don't believe that's true for anyone in this room. I believe that God's like, if you're behind a computer, it's because God's called you to physically change that area. God has called you to do that, but it's not something that I specifically desired in my own life. I knew God wanted to do something, and I didn't know what it was, to be honest. And so I met this group of people called Circuit Riders. They do this tour called Carry the Love, where they go to a different college campuses and high schools, and they just put on like evangelistic gatherings where anywhere from literally 20 people to 500 people would come. At any given event, we'd do like 30 different tour stops in 30 days. We'd have one all the time. Uh, I drove from every single city to every single city. Um, there's only five states that I didn't have the opportunity to go to in the midst of traveling. Um, that's crazy. And so there was one time that I physically, on my own, no one else in the car, drove 3,700 miles. Uh, and my mom didn't know uh, that I was by myself. 
Um, and I was driving, so I drove all, really pretty much all of the East Coast in circles and returned to car. Uh, but in this time, before that, I really didn't know why I was going to do that or if I was going to do that. And so I just went and joined them on the first tour stop. Um, and so it was on the East Coast. We were going to New York and Boston. And so as I got there, I said to myself, hey, for, the next, for this whole entire trip, I'm going to take the mornings from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock when no one else is awake because uh, everyone liked to sleep in because we'd be so busy. And I'm going to put my phone away and I'm just going to take my Bible somewhere and hear from God. And so the first day I go and I pray and I say, God, what am I supposed to do with my life? And I feel like God speaks to me and I feel like he says, Michael, if you had a chance to be a part of a major shift in America, would you take it? And obviously, like my life, I'm like, man, yes, I want to do whatever God has for me. But what does that mean? And so I ask that question, what does that mean? And I hear nothing. So the next morning I wake up, same thing. I hear nothing. Next day I wake up, nothing. And those times that I hear nothing, I literally then just was like, okay, well, maybe God will speak to me through his word. And so I would just open up the Bible and, and read through the scriptures. Uh, and then it's the last day, like the last couple days, and so uh, I'm pretty cheap, like I'm a cheap person. Uh, my family could get, like, they'll say, yep, he is. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, well, I have a friend who lives in Boston. I'm going to go stay at his house so I don't have to pay to stay with the rest of these guys. They're all missionaries paying. I'm not a missionary. I'm going to go stay somewhere for free. Um, and so I get picked up from my friend Josh, um, and we're hanging out in Boston. And this whole time, I feel like God still hasn't spoken to me. What was next? And we get a phone call from our friend Brandon, and he's like, hey, guys, um, I actually need a ride to the airport tonight. I'm at Boston College. Uh, would you guys mind picking us up? And so I was like, I don't have a car, so I have to ask Josh. And so I say, Josh, I was like, man, um, there's this event happening, and Brandon needs a ride. And at this point, he's like, yeah, let's just go. Um, I'd love to hear like, what you guys have been doing. And so we go and pick him up. And as I'm sitting there in this room, uh, the main speaker is communicating just the message, the gospel. And he says a few things that kind of stuck out to me. He says, you know, you can go your whole life chasing dreams and money and things. He's like, but, is, but it, will it bring out the best of what God has for you? And we said that in that moment, everything kind of became silent. And I felt like I heard God say, this is what I'm talking about. Would you give your life to a season of being part of a missions movement whose ultimate goal is to draw people to Jesus. And I was like, yeah, um, it's, gotta be, it's gotta be right though. Like, I kind of was fearful to go home, tell my family, like all that stuff, but I didn't even know. Uh, so I'm about to leave, head out, and the guy who's speaking beelines towards me. And he goes, hey man, what do you think about coming to Huntington and joining us in this season of your life? and bringing the gospel to college campuses, high school campuses, seeing Jesus move. And I was like, I think I'm supposed to. Um, I was like, but I don't know how I'm gonna tell my family. Um, and I don't know why I had fear to tell them. There's no reason to ever like fear that because all they've ever done is encourage me and push me closer to my dreams. Um, but I came home and I told my mom and she screams in the middle of a walk, we're in the rain, we're in the middle of a street and she has me tell my dad and then she has me tell my brother and sister and then Everything happened, and my whole life I thought that I was just going to only live in Silicon Valley, have influence in Silicon Valley, see God move here. 
And seven years later, like, here I am today doing life with people who have influence in the tech industry, in the schools, and all the things. And I say that to say that, like, it took me just giving time to God to really see a move of God, to really just say, man, all I want, even if you didn't do it, that you were enough, that in those moments, those two, three hours that I spent with you is all I really needed. Um, and we're going to kind of just think of that reality um, and the reality of just like, man, if it's true for us, like what does God want to speak? And so the Bible says in Mark eleven um, twenty four 24, that therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it'll be yours. So I'm wondering, like, what kind of things in this room uh, do you guys need? What kind of things, if you're listening, um, what do you need? And when you really ask yourself that question, it's not a need of, like, man, I just need money. It's not a need of, I just need this. It's a need of, like, man, what does God need to do for you? And I love that the Bible puts it this way as we think of that. Like, man, that's a really selfish thing, right? Like, when I think of that, like, it's super selfish, Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And as I think about that, um, I think of this reality is that we're not communicating that prayer in this season is the power to get you whatever it is that you want. But prayer is a moment to get honest with God. It's a moment to talk, to create relationship that you missed out on in 2022. It's a moment to say, man, I don't want to miss another moment. It's a moment to get real with him and say, like, this year, if last year was not, this is the year that I say yes to everything you have for me. That this year is the year that I'm just looking at you and everything else is extra. Everything else that you've blessed me with, man, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. But all I want is you. Some of my favorite moments in life have been moments where distractions were gone. There's many times where I'll just go to a beach. I'll turn off my phone. I'll go up to a, a mountaintop or go to a lake. And my favorite thing is that someone can't ask me to take out the trash. That someone can't ask me to, to pray for them. But it, and it's not that I'm burdened to pray for people, but all I want is Jesus. All I want is him. All I want is to look at him in the eyes and say, gosh, I love you so much. That at the end of the day, that the only person that knew I loved them was him, was Jesus. And the byproduct of that was I get to love students. The byproduct of that is I get to love you guys. The byproduct of that is that I get to love my family. I get to love people. I get to do things. But it all started with me starting my year, preparing my heart, preparing the way to say this year is the year that Jesus moves in my life. That this year is the year I make him my number one. And I feel like in those 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness, were that same moment where he said, God, I just want you. God, I just want to be in your word. I just want to see your face. And when the devil came to try to steal anything from him, he said, no, it is written. And what he really meant is, no, my God has spoken. My father has spoken and he is there for me. And so my question to you guys is like, what do you really need this upcoming year? Is it the reconciliation of your family? 
Is it just pursuing him wholeheartedly and saying, man, last year was tough, but this year I have faith for more. Is it saying like, man, I just want my daughter to receive salvation. Is it just saying, man, I just want my family to know him. Or is it really that need of, man, I just need to go, God to come through and I need a home. Well, God wants to give that to you, but more than anything, he just wants you. At the end of the day, I'm telling you, like when you die, you don't get to take your home with you. If you die, you don't get to take that food with you. You don't get to, you don't really worry about your daughter. I know that's hard for us to conceive and I don't even understand it in my own nature. But at the end of the day, we're all going to be singing, holy, holy, holy. Holy, 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 recognizing that he is holy, that it was only for him, that it's always for him. And so let's start this year saying, man, I want you, Jesus. And so we're going to go to uh, a time of, of prayer and worship. And I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and stand up uh, as a prayer for you. And what I want to ask is that you guys would just hold your hands out um, and just like you're going to receive a gift. There's nothing super spiritual about this. It's just saying like, man, um, whatever it is, God, whatever you have for me, I want it. And I want you to think of that thing that you're truly needing. And I'm reminded of a moment um, where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are stuck in the fire. You guys may know this story, but if not, uh, they say this phrase, they say that even if he doesn't, and when I think of that phrase, I think of that even if he doesn't do that thing that we need, would we still love him? Would we still chase after him? And if your answer is anything other than yes, maybe this is a moment to say, God, I just need you to speak to me and give me clarity. But if your moment is like, man, I would still chase after Jesus, I still long to know him, then just say, God, give me faith for this upcoming year. Give me faith for what you have. And so I'm going to pray for you and uh, we got some people who would love to pray for you guys. And so if you need prayer for anything, I encourage you guys to come up front um, as we head into worship. But let me pray for you. And um, let's just talk to God. So Jesus, we just thank you so much for...